Whoa there, space cowboy. Brokeback Bebop is a podcast with explicit content intended only for mature bounty hunters. Listener discretion is advised. Listen to all 40 steamy sessions of the show right now by supporting Brokeback Bebop at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. I think it's time to blow this scene. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay. Three, two, one, action. Nice, because it's, it's a, a movie. movie. It's a movie. out there welcome back to the latest what not really welcome back oh hi everybody out there welcome to the latest session of broke no, back bad lighting try it again boom in the shot boom yeah. in the shot okay yeah all right go for it it's just my neighbor his name is boom <laughs> <laughs> he, he peeks his head up. in every once yeah. in a while <laughs> Hi, everybody out there in the galaxy and beyond. Welcome to the latest session of Brokeback Bebop. We are back. It's a big episode as we're diving into the Cowboy Bebop movie. Steven, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk about it. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here after finishing the episodic run of the original show. It's awesome right. to, to be here talking about the movie. I remember I didn't know that there was a movie when I finished the show. And then as I was on my anime list, rating Looking the, up the Cowboy episode, Bebop to mark it off. Yeah. It like shows you like what the original source material is, like if there are any sequels or side stories. And I saw there was a That's movie. That's nice because with anime, it gets complicated sometimes. Oh, yeah. So it's good to have a solid first season universal source for like, mm-hmm. hey, you also need to watch this stuff. Yeah. So I, I saw it was there and I immediately went to my, as of today, I realized the now defunct anime website I was using at the time. And watched it and was like, wow, this is fucking awesome. So I'm, I'm really happy that we get to talk about it. I'm excited we're here. I'm excited we've made it here. I'm excited to talk about it. We're going to talk about it all, including how this isn't an easy movie to track down, actually, nowadays. No. It's not an easy film to watch. So we're going to get into all of that, including everything in... And this is how we're going to do the Cowboy Bebop movie. We're going to talk about everything in the first half of the film in this episode. And then we'll do a second podcast about the second half of the movie. Uh, today we're going to talk about the about pretty much exactly the first hour of the film. If you mm-hmm. watch the film, if you watch along with us, I almost feel like you'll be able to tell when that halfway yeah. point is. If you watch to about, about exactly an hour. An hour yeah. yeah. You, if you watch to about an hour and you know it's about to wrap up the first half, I think you'll know. Yeah. The thing that happens that cuts off the first half. So that's what we're going to talk about today. A lot to dive into. But before we do, Stephen, I know you mentioned at least one show you wanted to talk about. Was there anything else you uh, want to update the people about yeah, today? So I mentioned I was watching Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which Studio Trigger. Cyberpunk Edge Lords was that? Cyberpunk Edgers. It's where they <laughs> they oh, no. get on an Omegle chat mm-hmm. and have a time. But Cyberpunk Edge Runners, Studio Trigger's anime based in the world of Cyberpunk 77. Ten episodes on Netflix. I watched it and I really liked, you know, the first few episodes, and I think I was at that point last time we talked. About halfway through is one of the coolest and most original 
animated television episodes I've ever seen in my life that was super wow. duper awesome. And the whole run of the show was really good. A show that tells you exactly what's going to happen and still makes you hooked and want to see the end. Isn't that sometimes the best? That's like yeah. your, a different thing entirely, but like your Better Call Saul's. Sure. You know where this is going. And honestly, like the movie we're talking about today. Yeah. You know enough of how this is going to play out. But yet somehow the stakes still feel large. You still find yourself yeah. invested. You still find yourself really worried about these characters who you know whether or not they're going to make it out of this Exactly. Situation. I mean, yeah. the show is based a year before the game. So so there are some characters that aren't in the game. Yeah. So you, you can know do some math who's and there, figure who's out. not. Right. Interesting. In the opening sequence of the show, one of the characters very clearly gets shot right in the head and is stood over by another character in the show, you know? So, like, you know some shit's going to go down, but I, I loved every second of it. Thought it was fantastic. Animation's cool. Story was cool. Music was top-notch. So check it out. Super fun. You don't have to have played the game to really like it. Great commercial for the game. Right? I, I think even if you've played, like, an hour of the game, you'll understand immediately how it's exactly in that world, and you'll see the They must have high hopes. For this game as a franchise, they must be thinking it's well. That's what's crazy. Is the game bombed, Zach. It right. came out under with such huge hype, and it didn't right. deliver. But this is kind of brought. I think this they part said, of its like, new marketing campaign to get people to yeah. Take another I, look I actually want to look this up because the number's fucking insane. After the anime dropped, oh okay. So I don't know what they had before, but the game jumped up to one million players. Wow! Each week since the anime has come out. Wow. Which is not how many people are playing that game it's every week It's how many new people are playing the game every week. Yeah. Right. So that's crazy. That is crazy. That's nuts for a game that only sold 13 million copies hmm. like in the first place. And it isn't new anymore. It came out two years ago. Right. Yeah. And, the game, and I started playing it again. I put like 11 or 12 hours into a brand new playthrough, which is more than I played the first time. And I love it. That's interesting because if you think about the usual period of time it takes to create a season of animated television. Mm -hmm. They probably started production on this show around when the game came out. Yeah, it was announced along with the game. So what's interesting is the show was probably made expecting the game to be quite successful in the last yeah. while, but instead the <laughs> game faded away. But now they have the show, which is being well-received, that might boost the game back up into yeah. being something to look at. It's interesting. It's nuts. Really, really cool. Anything else you want to talk about before we dive into part one of the movie? Um, Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> I don't think so. All right, we're going to talk about the first half of the movie, Cowboy Bebop the movie, as it's called in the U.S. or in Japan. It's known as Cowboy Bebop knocking on heaven's knock, door. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. This film was directed by Shinichiro Watanabe, a familiar director name. The screenplay was written by Keiko Nobumoto. Cinematography by Yoichi Ogami and music by the great Yoko Kano. We haven't Hell talked yeah. about her enough. We like her a lot. And yeah. pretty much, I would say over 50% of what makes this show and film so successful is on that one person. Yeah, absolutely. Like the music is as important as the animation is as important as the voice acting is as show. important as the story. Like it yeah. none of it would work without any of the other parts, it's but true. especially the music. Especially the music. The film was released in Japan on September 1st, 2001. Heyo, great timing with all yeah. the terrorism and explosions A lot in this of movie. terrorist talk in September <laughs> 2001. 
on this show. And just to compare, I thought it would be interesting to look at the last episode of the show in Japan aired in the end of April 1999. Wow, a couple so years. A little over two years, two years and a couple months. In the U.S., the movie was first screened at an anime convention on August 11, 2002, but didn't release theatrically until April 4, 2003, quite wow. a bit later, where it received a pretty small theatrical run and didn't mm-hmm. really make a lot of money, so I think it kind of, and maybe that's part of why it's so hard to find the movie yeah. nowadays. The movie, I think, kind of bombed when it came out in the U.S., but to look at that, the last episode of the show in the U.S. was November 26, 2001, and the movie came out in April 2003, so... Not quite two years. A little bit less yeah, of like a, a year stretch a than it was in Japan. But it also only came out on Adult Swim in a time where anime wasn't at the forefront in the United States. Sure. So the fact that it got theatrical release at all is actually kind of impressive. That's a good point. You're right. Because like now anime movies come out in theaters, but at the time, like unless it was a Studio Ghibli Ghibli, I truly don't know what it is. I hear both. Yeah. Studio <laughs> Ghibli movie. Yeah. I'm call them each one so it's balanced. Ghibli. Studio heard Ghibli. By many. <laughs> Ghibli. Film. I'm pretty sure it's G apostrophe Hibli. <laughs> Studio it's like the Ghibli. Owls of Gahul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but unless it's that, it wasn't really in the theaters. So that's, that's true. pretty cool. Or if it was Pokemon. Be Poke- yeah. Yu Gi Oh! movie, too. You got a special card for going, I think. Um, Let's talk for a second because I'm sure there are at least a handful of people that are listening to this podcast and are fans of Cowboy Bebop that might not know about the movie or maybe haven't seen the movie. So let's talk a second about how hard it is to access this movie and how much that sucks. Uh, Is there a way to watch it digitally where you can pay for it? Can you buy the movie on Amazon? No, it's not available at all from Amazon. You can't even purchase it. It's not that it's unavailable on Prime. Not that I could find that. I was on Prime. It said not available in your country at this time. As far as I know, in the U.S., the only way to watch the film is under illegal means or by finding a copy of the movie on Blu-ray or DVD, which may go in and out of print. In today's age, that's a pretty hard way to, well, uh, I don't know, to and be And like you were saying, Cowboy Bebop is a very major, like, very popular anime, and, and especially it for streaming services. It's had recent reboots. It's mm-hmm. one of the only ones that's on every streaming service, like, mm-hmm. has the show Cowboy Bebop. So I went to other countries' Netflix, right. and Japan's Netflix did have it on there, but it was We're watching the, the dub Japanese, for this version, yeah. and it was the Japanese version, mm-hmm. which the dub, it, just as much as the television program, the dub is incredible oh, it's of this great. film. The sound quality is probably even a little better in the movie. And the animation quality, I'm sure we'll mm-hmm. talk about, but it, it's so disappointing that this movie is of such high quality, and that it's a extra piece of this beloved short-lived franchise and you might not be able to watch it you might only know about what happens in this movie based off of what we're about to tell you i guess you you can't buy a dvd or pirate it in every case and that's that sucks so i hope that one day or maybe by the time this is out to a wide audience there will be a way for you to watch the movie because you should it's good Mm mm-hmm Let's do some trivia. Let's start it off okay, with some Zach, trivia. Okay, Zach, how many questions do you have? For part one of the film, I have six. Okay, thank God. I have seven. Great. Yeah. Great. I don't know how well I'll do. Unlike whether you know it or not, Stephen and I also host a community podcast, and we do trivia for that show, and uh-huh. while I watch the episode for the podcast about the same number of times as I do for this one, I've seen those episodes 20 times, so yeah. I'm at least pretty familiar with them. I've seen this half of this movie twice now, so we'll see yeah. how I do. I tend to have a bit of an advantage in the Bebop trivia. You go ahead. What one ingredient makes a stew a stew? 
Not the meat. Hell a lot of no, people not think the that, Everybody thinks but the you can use meat. meat for anything. It's the stew mix, which Absolutely. is a bullshit answer to that question, I think. Yeah, he wasn't a very good bad guy. Well, my first question for you is related to that. On which aisle will you find the stew mix? Two or five? <laughs> you wish. It was five, but that doesn't count. Fuck! You said two first, idiot. God damn. I was like, there's not five aisles in that huh. fucking convenience store. There, there was. Well, there had to have been because that's where the stew mix is. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Aisle five's for vagina. Uh, what channel was the CBC News on, Zachary? Ooh, I have a similar question, but I didn't notice that one. I'm going to guess 99. You got it. Was that ding, right? Ding, 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 nice. ding, ding, ding. Okay, that was a guess. Yeah, well. What game are Jet and Spike playing together in the opening scene? Shogi. Yes, which is similar to a Japanese version of chess. How does <laughs> Faye know the terrorist is alive? How does Faye know the terrorist is alive? Yeah. Because she I, saw him get away? Uh, no, let me let me toss you a little ball here. Yeah, please. After the explosion, everyone's uh-huh. dying from the thing. Yeah. And they're like, well, how do you know he's alive? Because she saw him get away. Woman's intuition. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, I think that was a question and answer slightly on a different episode. She says that. Your, uh, your turn. What is the CBC News Anchor's name? Oh, that'd be good old Tom Johnson. <laughs> Mark Rather. Ooh, Mark. <laughs> I'd rather plain not. White guy news anchor name. Yeah. What is the bean salesman's name? I don't know. Rashid. Do you think that stretch of the movie is possibly insensitive culturally that okay i think they're supposed to be in morocco but let me follow that up with how it's the future and when they're in morocco (laughs) it's like spikes in aladdin for a second (laughs) yeah it's It's not futuristic they're well but earth isn't very futuristic in the first place yeah but i would feel they've been in tijuana is even more primitive than that is. I wouldn't say that Earth isn't futuristic. It's just that it's very run down. Yeah. I feel like this Morocco feels like they're in Aladdin. Well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't think they're supposed to be in Morocco. They're in this like city. I think they're, it's Morocco Street. I think they're they say. in the Morocco Street. And it's when just it's a fucking in block. this one street of Morocco in this big city has no futurism, it's just like Aladdin. Well, don't you think it's a little culturally insensitive for you to say that Morocco reminds right. you of Aladdin know. when Mor- right. Aladdin does not take place <laughs> in Morocco? Yeah, that's a good point. Is it my turn? I think so. What yeah. are Calabar beans for? Finding out if your wife's cheating on you. Now, what's with the bean magic? Is that culturally insensitive? Are we gonna now that one is that one? that's <laughs> that's straight out of Aladdin. Rub this bean three times. <laughs> Flick this bean, <laughs> I'll grant you a wish. Okay, your turn. What cleaning company does Spike call? Mm, peacock. Mm. Wishful thinking. Uh, it's that like would an be animal, Tortoise right? Cleaning tortoise Company. Tortoise Cleaning Company, okay. On which channel does Big Shot air? 127? 125, you, fuck. No, it's both of those. No, it's not, but it's kind of close to that. It's 277. God damn! <sighs> Fuck me. Uh, what okay. game was Vincent Before playing? Podcast? Solitaire. Yeah, good job. But I 
don't think they know what solitaire is. <laughs> there were no spiders. <laughs> I've got one more question for you. In which war did Vincent supposedly die? The Martian no, not conquest. the attack on, but the oh, war the on. Oh, the war on Titan. There you go, but that clearly doesn't I can't wait to make you watch an episode of Attack on Titan. I'm going to pick a... Broke a, back wait. on Titan. Broke. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. What does death mean to Vincent? Uh, it's like a dream. I don't know if this is the line that you're thinking of, but a dream that you don't wake up from. It's like I, a release. I don't I, remember the exact wording, I, but have you ever have have you ha, have you ever had a dream where uh, where, you, you where you do feel anything? like you could do anything? Are you giving it to me? What was your answer? Uh, dreaming in silence. Okay, you said dream emo emo. I, yeah, right. Well, uh, that's well for thanks trivia. for trivia, guys. It's time for something that the we're first taking them for trivia. <laughs> the first thirty minutes of this episode, I was uh-huh. like, "Oh, I hate that I'm gonna have to do this," and then I remembered, I don't have to do this because it's time to figure yeah. out did Zach comprehend the first half of the movie this week? <laughs> of the show where I give Zach normally 20 seconds to see whether he uh, understood the episode, but this week we watched double the length, That's so true. I'm going to give him a couple more seconds. Zach, you have 27 seconds this week. <laughs> I've got my calculator open as always. Uh, yeah. I'm going to type in 27 and see what yeah. happens. We're going to find out, Zach, say you have to... <laughs> And stay that way. You're gonna <laughs> guess. You're gonna give us a rundown of the first hour and one minute of this movie. How are you yeah. feeling? You can skip the beans. I'm the type of person that it, it, you can't skip the beans. Never <laughs> that. See, that's your small-minded male <laughs> thinking. You can skip the flick of the beans, but you always gotta flick that. You gotta bean. flick the bean first. This is really hard because I'm the type of person that wants to touch on everything, and I just won't be able to do that. And because they're filling no touching, no <laughs> touching. And because they're filling out an entire movie, they're cramming all kinds of scenes and all Mm -hmm. kinds of little side quests for the characters to go on and whether or not i need to get all i don't know i don't know how i'm gonna do all right zach i'm gonna count down 27 beans on the clock (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna eat a bean and every time i eat a bean uh, an hourglass filled with beans with a hole just big enough for the beans sometimes it gets clogged it might give me some extra time you gotta give the beans a little shake i like to give them a little tap on the top Yeah, tap the top of the beans. Uh, right. All right, Zach, are you ready? Nah. That sounds like a bean to me. Three, two, one, go. Faye witnesses an explosion in a mysterious man, and the explosion lets off a virus in the air that kills a bunch of people, and it leads to the biggest bounty of all time. The Bebop are all on the case, finding their their different angles on how to get close to this. Faye and Ed learn more about the guy and the marble-like devices that let out the virus. Spike goes to the pharmaceutical place to find more about it and ends up confronting the evil guy on a train, and he gets shot, and Spike might die, and Vincent has been dead, but he doesn't die. And Stop. I gave you two blood. extra seconds on accident. That's okay. I didn't know what I, I didn't. I was grasping at straws. I feel like I got a decent amount of stuff, but I you was know, grasping. You know, Zach, I think you did. Here's some stuff you left out. Well, I wanted to get to the end. I know I left yeah, out stuff. Opening yeah, opening scene would have been nice. Anything about the 
other pharmaceutical girl, the fight with right. Spike. See, I thought the opening the scene was something that I needed to leave out to be able mm-hmm. to get as much as I could. Which was true. You the hacker. You're right. The hacker. But Zach, I'm going to give you a B. I think that was pretty good. Thank you. Yeah, I think that was that was pretty pretty solid. I Actually, B+. Plus. That was you. pretty good. I thought about it. I was really thinking about it this time. I wanted yeah. to do well. Because there's a, a lot that goes on in the first half of the movie. And let's talk about it as a first half. Yeah. What do you think about it? Do you like it? I thought it was a I lot of fun. I think a lot of super memorable scenes for me are in the first half of this movie. Are there things that you remember and maybe attribute to the show Cowboy Bebop that you forget are from the movie? A couple of like visual images, like him eating the noodles. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, that's what that's from." And like, there's a scene of like with him with the, the glasses that he could like zoom in with. Mm-hmm. But the the fight scenes are so iconic for me in this movie, and the opening scene is so like memorable. Mm-hmm. I thought that the fight on the train Vincent happened later in the movie, but it doesn't. Which so I'm glad we got to see. That's that how too. we had a lot of discussion, and we don't need to delve on yeah. how we were gonna divide up this movie. And I think one podcast wasn't enough to to talk about all. Yeah. The, clearly, one podcast isn't enough to talk about the first half the of first the movie. Half, yeah. And so I think the way that this first hour ends does kind of feel like the cliffhanger of a two part episode yeah, of Cowboy it does. Bebop. And this first half definitely feels like an inflated hour long version of the first mm-hmm. half of a two part episode of Cowboy Bebop. I think there are a lot of really great things about the first half of the movie that. Man, I don't know. I think it's really neat how this movie just plays like a long episode of the show. Yeah. And we'll talk about the ending next time, but mm-hmm. it doesn't jump through big hoops to have like new revelations no. for the characters. And I could see how in in some ways that might be disappointing, but it's so Cowboy Bebop to yeah. just tell this story. And I think it would have sold short how well the series ended Mm -hmm. to try to be like, well, this also happened before this, which means this. Uh, I don't think there's a mention of Julia or Vicious in the whole movie. I don't think there's much of a mention of Faye's past in the movie, Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit. And Jet, we get a little bit of Jet's past just in, in comments. And another thing I like about it is that you could watch this never having seen any Cowboy Bebop and get the idea. But at the same time, they do not spoon feed you anything. They don't explain who Ed is or how she got there. They don't explain who Faye is or how she got there. You can kind of pick up on Jet and Spike's deal a little bit. But you don't know anything about these characters. And even if you hadn't had the previous knowledge of the show, I don't think it would matter. I think you'd be into it. I think you'd still really enjoy it. I'd like to kind of run through what we can like from the beginning a little Okay. It starts with a flash forward – or not a flash forward, but a little clip of Vincent. Mm-hmm. With the marbles at his yeah. at his table, and uh, I think like so many great episodes of Cowboy Bebop, it shows us this visual that immediately sticks in your head. And yeah. over the course of the next hour, and then over the course of the second hour, you're gonna learn what all this stuff means. And I think mm-hmm. it's really cool all the times that we see a little glimpse of Vincent before we kind of meet Vincent. Yeah, Vincent, by the way, pretty yeah. scary, cool in a bad guy way, like villain, like he's fucking yeah, nuts. he is, he is scary. And I'm gonna ruin him for you later. <laughs> oh no but first let's talk about what you want to get to that opening so scene this, this opening where scene. it's kind of like showing us a, a day in the life of the bebop team mm-hmm. and a, a kind of a small fry bounty that they're going after just to make some money to get some yeah. food as usual there's some uh guys holding up a convenience store you know disgruntled 
security employee like you know wants her to load this cash onto this card mm-hmm. and spike and jet go in and bust it up in a really cool way there's a nice scene like a uh, where somebody like they mix in the comedy so well like they do in the show mm-hmm. when like the guy coming out from taking a shit then he takes an old lady hostage like, you take too like, long to shit, shit. Yeah. Really funny <laughs> line. Or Spike, it's like funny and badass when he mm-hmm. puts one of the guys face down on the coffee dispenser and lets coffee, oh, coffee yeah. da- out on his face. And it's just from the beginning we see that they are not fucking around with the animation here. Typically when TV shows go to the theater, they get a huge upgrade in animation. Mm-hmm. We saw that with like the Bob's Burgers movie where all of a sudden these characters like move and have facial expressions. But yeah. with anime, I feel like what I've seen, it's not always like that. No, not always. This one is a special case, Zach, because it is. Uh, it's normally animated by Sunrise Studios. This one was done by Sunrise and Studio Bones, who's one of my favorite animation studios. They did shows okay. like Mob Psycho 100, Full Metal Alchemist, My Hero Academia, a lot of really cool like anime with really good animation and they were on for this one and they like knocked it out of the park the animation is so fluid the movements every every, just everything is a continued motion there are no Mm -hmm. static movements in this entire part that we watched i think the animation looks great the colors look great that makes me want to mention in the beginning of the movie after the the fight in the the convenience store there's like the opening credit kind of sequence Mm -hmm. with a really vibey song, and we just get a lot of really cool shots, something that I think the movie being two hours long does in its favor. We get to just spend a little bit of time breathing and walking around yeah. in the world where this show is set in a way that the show possibly couldn't do. Because the show has it to be so jam-packed, minutes. yeah. Right. So that opening sequence of the song playing, and we get townspeople going about their day, we get some townspeople even kind of jamming out to the song Mm -hmm. as the i don't know i thought it was a really neat sequence to kind of put us back in this world without it all feeling like fan servicey or anything i thought it felt really cool yeah and you see that sort of intro in a lot of shows that are coming out like today we'll do some Hmm. stuff like that but i think don't do it as well a lot of the time so really kind of forward thinking and i like how different because they very well could have just had tank play and it would have been awesome but right the fact and they part did something of me wishes that we had there's no but it's all new music, music. It, yeah. there's no familiar music and and part of you wants to hear tank and mm-hmm. you want to hear the real folk blues but yeah. at the same time like i'm not complaining about what they have in its place exactly. at all i love all the music throughout the movie and it makes it feel more theatrical it seems mm-hmm. like a lot of poppier type songs it feels like something you'd see on the big screen the songs yeah. that they choose for the fights um, so I kind of went through in my my recap a big part of what happens mm-hmm. in the first stretch of the movie. I really like the way they throw us back into the vibe of the of the bebop. After mm-hmm. seeing the team break up, it means a lot to see yeah. them all back together and to see Ed doing their thing and to see Ayn messing around with the chess pieces while they're trying to play chess. I we had time really to great. actually watch Ed like hack, which we only you normally get to see like click a click. Okay, we're in. This time we actually got to see like Ed go through the process and all kind of be annoyed. Ed, in every step of this story in the first half, Ed is the one who, like, they're all, Spike does what he always does and kind of puts himself into situations Mm -hmm. until he ends up in the place where he needs to be, but Ed is the one who's finding out information, finding out who is who, finding out where to go, finding out what the blue marbles actually are. It's all Ed. Ed's a freaking rock star. I think, and Ed's so funny. The animation on Ed's arms is so, like, Uh fluid now. It looks like extra And whereas in the show... They could only do it once every now and then, every yeah. so many episodes. Every time we see Ed, yeah. he's doing something cool. Yeah, there's some cool. wonky stuff. 
Ed trick-or-treating was so cute and funny. I'd like to talk about just, like, cool moments visually that stood out mm-hmm. to me. During the explosion scene with Faye in the beginning when Vincent escapes, uh, Vincent, like, jumps off of a building, and there's yeah. this tracking shot that, like, follows him as he falls down the building, like a POV. There's a lot of really cool use of POV in this, and mm-hmm. not a moment of it is, like, the kind of goofy, cheap CGI animation from the show. It's all hand-drawn or such uh, fully developed CG that it looks like the hand-drawn animation. Yeah. Which is outstanding. There was a shot early on that I think used just like a touch of CG so smartly, and it was when Faye was flying before the explosion happens, Faye's flying in her ship like over the highway, and like it kind of zooms in and has her like really zooming like around traffic mm-hmm. and stuff, and it looked so good. And it was like a little bit of CG to like connect and do in between shots, but like it was so so fluid for the time. Something neat that I noticed in the movie that I haven't noticed from the show before when they're sitting around and eating noodles, mm-hmm. did you notice that it was like electronic cup noodles the, 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 had like the, the pull cord a pull tab yeah was that in the cool. show too i never noticed that i don't think they they had the funds for something like that in the show it's really neat i liked it yeah, a lot that was a really cool idea okay so i thought the moment a really cute funny moment when the bebop team is all together when they find out that Faye was at the scene of the explosion. <laughs> yeah. And they've learned through the news that this virus is, like, killing people pretty seriously, mm-hmm. and they don't know what it is. And Faye bursts into the room, and they're, they're kind of joking, but also not at all joking. And it, it's very different to watch in a post-COVID world. Yeah. Uh, everyone reacting at Faye coming into the room, maybe having been exposed to this virus. It's funny and it's relatable. Yeah, I thought that was funny when the guy at the medical center like sneezed in his fucking hand and they were like, <laughs> it's hay fever, it's hay fever. Or with Faye when even Ayn goes away and she's yeah. like, Ayn, you too. Did you notice, is is Faye's hair a different color in the movie? Isn't it like purple in the show and here it's black? I thought it was purple in the movie. It just looks a little darker because the animation is sharper. Specifically, now I want you to go back and look, but specifically when she's in her ship when we first see her, it looks black. Hmm. I don't uh, see Okay, color. so they all get really invested. They were already kind of interested because Faye saw this happen, mm-hmm. but they learned that, and this is very, we're doing a movie, so the stakes have to be huge. Yeah. This is the biggest bounty of all time. Ever. Of ever. This is a little random, but I took note that throughout all of the scenes, the exposition scenes on the Bebop, Ed in this movie does a lot of like, yeah, 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 yeah. So... This reactionary noise in a little is, bit really made me laugh. Uh-huh. Zach, in Japan, cats don't say meow, they say nya. And so a lot of times it's like a sound effect that'll happen. So that was meowing. From That's Ed. funny because it did remind me of Cartman talking to his cat. Like, yeah. Come meow. Yeah, that's <laughs> so it's super funny. Ed, the background work, because they, they have the time and money, the background like visuals are great. The background, like, behavior of the characters is more detail and time put into it. So cool. I do want to say there's two scenes in this movie yeah. that are choreographed and animated by, I don't remember his name, but he's one of my favorite fight animators wow. in all of anime. And he's Which so scenes? good at hand- the, the scene with the girl, fight. The fight with the girl. That one's so good. The broom fight, yes. So clever. The dialogue that's thrown in there. I think Spike is being extra so charming and flirty. It's yeah. so good. Cool character design on her, too. But I think that fight is so smooth and awesome with the fucking jazz playing like in the background. It calls back to the very first episode of the show, I think, really well. 
which is I want to talk cool. one of the plots that I have the most trouble following in the movie so far mm-hmm. is the involvement of the pharmaceutical company. Uh-huh. Is it impli- it's implied that Vincent who is this fearsome villain and is using technology from this pharmaceutical mm-hmm. company to create this terrorist weapon and the pharmaceutical people are kind of part of the, the well they have military ties well and, they've got like a private army there cuz they're working yeah. on some shit and also like the scene that jet has with a friend who's giving information just talks a lot about the idea of the system being so corrupt yeah that, because the pharmaceutical company yeah they had this shipment truck get stolen right. and that's the the stuff that he, that he had but whatever they had on that in the first place, they weren't supposed to have. So that's why they hadn't, like, called the police or anything to say it was stolen because they weren't supposed to have it in the first place. It was bad. So they're dealing some shady shit. They have a bioweapon, but there's only really one reason why a pharmaceutical company would have a biological weapon. So right. they're clearly with some shady, dark shit, not doing good by the people. And Vincent seems to be a disgruntled. He has connections there somehow. You know, Maybe he worked in the private army or we'll whatever. We'll probably learn that backstory yeah. in the second half. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's got to be something going on that's that's no bueno. Here's what I got to tell you that's going to – Vincent is – Cowboy Bebop has had a lot of very fearsome villains. Mm-hmm. And Vincent's up there in a different way. Yeah. Vincent is both otherworldly and in a very real way terrifying. Mm-hmm. Especially like, gosh, the scene where the hacker dies and oh, then shit. Yeah. Faye becomes disillusioned and is sexually assaulted by Vincent with the – blood on his hand yeah. and he's like licking the blood up that's one of the most scary scenes in the franchise so yeah far, i think and what's gonna ruin it for you because it ruined it for me in english the guy who's doing the voice of vincent is the guy who does the voice of cosmo on the fairly odd parents that's fucking hilarious slash the janitor from ned's declassified oh my god is this horrifying <laughs> villain <laughs> that's incredible because at one point during the movie, Lily was like, is that blank? And I looked up and no, but it is Cosmo from the Fairly Odd Parents. That's incredible. I had no idea. Well, before we get to the ending scene, is there anything we should talk I about? I think that Ed and Ayn, when they were looking for the hacker, was a really Great cute, scene. fun scene. That There's so much fun. Like We were talking about in Ed's last episode, we would have loved like a one-off of like Ed and Ayn just having like an adventure. Not a whole separate show, but just to see them together again. And this kind of scratched that itch for me seeing them run around and, like, look for the hacker and go to, like, mm-hmm. all the wrong houses. So funny. So cute. I really like that. Another Ed moment, not in that scene, but I really liked when Ed makes their way into the vase that Spike ends up with. Oh, my God. The bean part that we did totally just step over, and I think that's uh-huh. fine. Spike's idea of figuring out this thing is to go look at magic beans for a while. I don't know. <laughs> it's a, That's, like, one of the things that they are trying to stretch out. Yeah. You know, they're trying to fill a whole movie. But Ed getting into the vase was really, really cute and funny. I think Jet's like, she's like a trained seal <laughs> after she like wiggles in. There's some so many funny moments. I really like the back and forth of earlier in the first half, Jet saying, oh, it's the Waste Time with Faye show. And then later on, it's, oh, yeah. it's the Waste Time with Jet show. That's really funny. I also wanted to point out, it's not one of the like showier moments that you've mentioned so far, but I think the chase of, I, I what's the hacker's name? I, was it Lee? Uh, Is Lee. Lee? Mm-hmm. Between Lee and Faye in the arcade yeah. place, I thought was really that neat. That was cool. And especially when Faye like, shoots the big balloon inflatable thing, mm-hmm. and, and that lets the guy get away. I thought there were so many 
clever uses of why someone gets away in the chase because yeah. this is a movie they're not going to get caught the first time they chase after them uh, exactly. I, I thought the movie had some great uses of setting to like lengthen the events mm-hmm. i don't know i thought it was really neat let's talk about the train and okay the so the train scene is showdown. so so cool what's the they're... girl character's name they I say it in the remember. second half of the movie. They haven't said it yeah, yet. Yeah, they haven't said it yet. One of my favorite, like, gunplay fights that I've seen in an anime. Because it's it's not just, oh, we're shooting and missing. Like, other people are getting hit. Like, this time where a guy gets shot in the head in the middle of this mm-hmm. fight. With, it's a showdown. Vincent and Spike, they finally, you know, catch up with each other. It's funny that I talked about that movie Bullet Train a couple weeks yeah. ago. Because this scene is so close to what Bullet Train is like. It has <laughs> really strong Bullet Train vibes. Yeah. It's really cute, and I want to mention it because it comes up in the second half of the movie when Spike is trying to bust his way into the train, and he's, like, got the gun out, and there are kids on the train, and he scares yeah. them. There's a cute moment later in the movie where he, like, sees those kids again and kind of makes up for it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to mention that. But the whole fight. So what's going on here? The girl... I even kind of missed... Why the, she wasn't in the forefront of the fight, or no? I kind of missed during the altercation that she has with Spike earlier. Uh huh. Why she? I kind of missed that at the end of it that Spike was then working with them to find Vincent. No, that's well. That's what happens here because when they follow Vincent on the thing, the girl Spike and some dude are talking to each other through these. No, in-ear Spike things. bugged her, Zach. That's why she destroyed the bug. Okay, well, it confused me. I thought they yeah. were working together for a second. No, when they no, weren't. no. Spike bugged her pocket and then her. Okay, that makes more yeah. sense. That's what I got caught up on. And then in this, which scene, is why Spike put on the headset. When he laid down on the couch. It wasn't just okay. too lazy and take a nap. He was waiting for activity. I saw that and thought somehow I had missed a scene or missed a, a line of dialogue where he was helping them or they were helping each other. But that makes more sense now. Then in this thing, we kind of learned that the girl has a real close connection to Vincent more than mm-hmm. just being at the pharmaceutical place where he maybe used to work or something. Yeah. But she ends up kind of giving up on I, – I don't know. What's supposed to happen here? Is she supposed to be with or against Vincent? She's against she, Vincent. She's, from the start? Yes. Okay. Because she was going after him with ill intent the whole time. But then when Vincent is, like, going to shoot her, she's like, even me? How could you do this? Well, because he had a fucking grenade in his hand. Yeah. Because he already did shoot her. I thought that just implied that they had more of a past. I think they do, but yeah. they were like served in a, probably an elite like military unit together. Okay, so there's there's that. But Spike kind of gets past her in the first place because he like mm-hmm. causes a ruckus on the train. He and Vincent are fighting. Mm-hmm. Then Vincent tries to shoot Spike and shoots. Well, her. Vincent's got like sharp ass fingernails or something. So he literally uh-huh. just grabs his abdomen and like Spike was like, ah, 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 ah. you know, fucked yeah. him up. <laughs> But then, you know, we get to the scene where, okay, he shoots Spike, Spike falls out the window of the train, mm-hmm. then he sets off the bomb on the train, kills the whole train where the people, like, that's fucking crazy. That is crazy. And he, especially the part, not only, like, trying to kill Spike, but, like, breaking the window so he can hold Spike mm-hmm. out of the window and wait for the other train to pass and, like, take yeah. him out that way. The first half of the movie ends where Spike is, like, left for dead. We know that Spike is going to make it out of this because yeah. we've seen the rest of the show and know that Spike doesn't die here. He dies later. Mm-hmm. But I found myself surprised by how tense that moment still yeah. is. Because first, not only just the, him getting shot, but the, the like, chest-crushing trick. Mm-hmm. That I don't know exactly what's going on there, but Spike starts bleeding, and he's totally doubled over in pain yeah. and can't breathe and looks like near death 
death from whatever Vincent yeah. is doing to him. Really, really intense. And, well, and that's where this ends, kind of hopeless, and it looks like Vincent is mm-hmm. victorious. Coming well, up one on thing we didn't things. talk about is that Vincent seems to be immune to the the nano Right, and in the end we learn that this girl seems to mm-hmm. be as well. Also, as far as we know, Faye's been left for dead as well mm-hmm. because she was exposed to the virus. Great cliffhanger know. for this to be a two-parter. Yeah, really good. They set some stuff up really smartly, yeah. Because you're so freaked out by like what's going on in a certain. We're worried scene. about all our heroes, yeah. Yeah, that we maybe don't catch the first time through mm-hmm. what's really going on there. So I, I fuck with it. I think it's so good. I'm excited to to talk about the second half up next. Yeah, I think that wraps it up. That's the first half of Cowboy Bebop the movie. We'll be back next time to talk about the second half, just as in depth as we did with this first half. Stephen, before we leave. Mm-hmm. in this rendition who for the first half of cowboy bebop the movie is your captain of the ship you know i felt really strongly about this i do before too we started recording and uh-huh. i still do gotta give it to ed yeah ed absolutely it's MVP. ed for a lot of reasons yeah. first i just wanted to give it to ed because this is the last chance in this podcast that uh-huh. we will be able to give it to ed it yeah. won't be ed in the second half of the movie and it won't be ed in the live action series yeah. because ed is hardly in it And then as I thought about it more, Ed is so integral in this first half of the film Mm -hmm. to why they learn anything that they learn other than what Spike learns by like stalking around. Mm -hmm. Ed proves as always that that she's an integral part to the Bebop team, sometimes the most integral part of the Bebop team. So great Ed episode or great, great half of movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it. We've done it. We're going to sign off and get on out of here. And we'll be back next time to talk about the second half of the movie. This has been a lot of fun. Ran a little long because there's so much to get into. There's so much. Well, Steven, do you have any last words for all the people as they traverse along the galaxy? I love a woman who can kick my ass. Gummed up brain dip, can't decide. You can't bring up, you can't hide. You can be cool or you can cry. and our podcast network at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast where starting at five dollars a month you can get immediate access to all 40 outrageous sessions of broke back bebop see you next time space cowboy Let's go!